Welcome to the FarmBits podcast. FarmBits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The FarmBits podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agricultural industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with a new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. I am Asia Macon. And I'm Micah Most, and we are glad to have you with us today. Our guest, Jesse Sayers, is a herd manager at Demrith Farms and oversees the robotic feeding and milking technology. Jesse also works for Automated Dairy Specialist out of Clearwater, Nebraska, where she provides farm management support for both dairy and feedlot operations. Let's get into our conversation. Thanks for being with us today, Jesse. Um, we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your background in livestock production. Uh, yes, thanks for having me today. Um, I My background starts with my family's dairy farm uh, around Clarkson, Nebraska. So I grew up on a family owned and operated dairy farm of about 200 head of Holstein cows. Uh, we were are a conventional parlor, so um, no automation there at home growing up. I mainly was in charge of feeding calves. Um, and then as I got older, I grew into milking cows, treating cows, and then some field work because we do have row crop on the side to uh, produce feed for the cows. Um, so that's, I guess, then we also had some chickens and horses and all that fun stuff. But dairy was my main background growing up. Nice. So it seems like you pretty much grown up around dairy. That's really cool. So Jesse, where are you working now? I am currently employed at Demrath Farms in Plainview, Nebraska. It is a, it actually was the first robotic dairy in Nebraska back in 2016. Um, they have four milking robots and um, they just recently added a calf auto feeder robot. So that one's really fun to learn about. Wow. That is really cool. Definitely looking forward to getting into the details of that here in a little bit. Um, we were wondering, well, I guess I know because our, some of our time in school overlapped a little bit, but if you would share a little bit about your educational background and kind of how, did you know that you always wanted to end up working in the dairy industry or is that something that kind of was a more gradual process? Um, that was kind of a funny way to start my career was I never thought I'd stay with the dairy industry. Obviously, if I would have wanted dairy focus, I probably would have went to SDSU or something with a big dairy program. Um, but I knew I wanted animal science, just didn't think I would emphasis on dairy. So I went to UNL down in Lincoln and focused on just animal production ag, I guess, and just found that I still loved the dairy, learning about it, the little bit of classes we had and touched on. So I actually started um, working at the Dairy Research Center there on campus, on East Campus. Um, then from there, I just met a bunch of different people within the dairy industry, got hooked up with Midwest Dairy as the Dairy Ambassador Program, and did that for three years. A bunch of dairy producers throughout Nebraska, which led me to my first job um, working at Four Aces Dairy, which was 
starting up a robot dairy from the ground up. That's where I current where I worked previously. Um, so I knew nothing about robots going into my career. That was something I learned through um, my uh, my first career, which was being a herd manager for Four Aces Dairy and being an a data analysis advisor for automated dairy systems, the dairy dealership in Clearwater, Nebraska. So my job with that was to learn the robots and how to read the data that was provided by the robots and then add support to the producers and the farmers on how we can make their herd more efficient, better production. That's really awesome. So Jesse, was it hard for you to kind of switch to the engineering side or the robotic side of the dairy industry? Like, was it hard for you to analyze the data that came with this? Um, the data analysis, uh, I'm still learning every day something new about it, but that one wasn't as wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. The classes I took, they they gave, they had instructors that went through and we went to um, herds out in different states. Like I was up in Wisconsin and out in Idaho looking at different herds, like doing a farm visit and then looking at their now their data and analyzing it and everything. So that was a learning curve, but I'd say the more hands-on you are and like the, then I came back to Nebraska and started doing it for other dairies, you picked it up really quick, the more opportunities you had. Um, but on the tech side of like working with robots, learning how to manage them, I was a little nervous at the beginning, like, oh my gosh, these machines, how am I ever going to learn them? But that you just pick up really quick, I guess. Maybe everybody makes fun of me. I'm the younger generation that likes technology, but um, <laughs> even some of the other producers said that they're pretty easy to learn. What is your daily interaction with the robotic technologies? Is that something um, that occurs every day? Is it something a few times a week? Um, what, is, what does that look like? Um, yes, it is definitely daily. So my day on the Demerth Farms here, they have four milking robots. So when I come in in the morning, I usually take a quick glance at the computer, see kind of how everything ran through the night and how the cows are producing that morning, that current time. Uh, then I'll go and do a fetch cow list. So these are cows that need to come to the robot that maybe didn't come on their own. We'll run those through. Um, then I'll also look at a health report. I can see what cows are have a health alarm, maybe if it's rumination, temperature, something along those lines. Um, then I go into each robot room and do a daily wash maintenance, which is just um, washing off the manure, making sure there's no sand buildup in any of the cords or chains, washing off lasers so the robots can see what they're doing and they won't fail. Just basically a wash down of the robots, uh, making sure they're, and then obviously you're always looking for different sounds or different things to try to uh, fix them before it becomes a problem. Um, and then if I have downtime in the afternoon, that's really when I sit and look at the analysis of the robots, all the data we're getting in, know what cows need to get sold, uh, what cows maybe we need, maybe we need to make a ration change. And then I'll go talk to my boss and the nutritionist and we can figure out where we needed, what we need to do, what we need to change to get higher production and more efficient cows. Awesome. You sound really knowledgeable and passionate about what you do. I love that. So Jesse, I know that you said that you, the farm that you are working at has four um, milking robots, but what are, are there also other different types of robotic technologies that you work with? 
Yes. So the company that um, the automated dairy systems sells is called Laley. And that is actually a company out of the Netherlands, but they do have a really good branch here in North America. And so, yes, they have the milking robots and they have the feeding Laley vector system, which those are their main two robots. Then they have a couple of smaller manure management robots and feed pushing robots. And then they also have a calf feeder robot. But their main two are the milking and the feeding. So the Laley vector system is ran all autonomous equipment, drives around and feeds the cows. It even loads it by itself. Everything's just running off of computers. All I do is set in a set a ration in, and then it'll pick what feed types it needs out of which bay and loads it and then goes and mixes and feeds it to the livestock. That's wow. so cool. Yeah, uh, most of our listeners will be tuning in in an audio format. So Jesse, I wondered if you could describe to us what these robots look like. Yes, so the Lely Vector system, the best way I've loved describing it is like the claw game in the front of stores. So they have what they call the kitchen is where you keep all your feed stuff. So you might have a pile of corn silage, a pile of dry hay, maybe some gluten distillers at our feedlot location. And there is a grabber that slides along a crane and will go to the certain bay and block area where it needs. Then a laser will scan so it knows the height of that feed. Then it'll drop lower and grab what poundage it thinks it needs and then goes back and dumps it into the little mixing feeding robot. We call that the MFR. We abbreviate that. And that has a single vertical screw auger in the middle that has counter or has knives and counter knives that come in in and out that help with the mixing quality. And it just repeats that process until it's till it has its max load and the MFR can hold on a beef on a feedlot ration with more denser products, it can hold up to um, 1800 pounds and on a milk cow dairy ration it would be a little lighter just because we have a lot more roughage in there than the beef industry but the cool thing about the Lely vector is that you can uh, retrofit a barn or you can add I know up in Wisconsin they have a lot of silos and harvesters that they still use so the system is built that you can add conveyor belts and you can load out of a silo or a harvester into the MFR. It doesn't have to be the cloth system. You can retrofit a lot of barns. Wow, that would be really impressive to see in action, a fully autonomous system. So Jesse, what kind of hardware and software is, to requ is required to run these systems or these robots? Computer program that goes with the Laley system is ran off a cloud-based system. So you just need um, a high-speed internet and um, I think just, it's all based off the internet now. They updated their computer program. So that's all internet based on that. But the robots come with their own software updates that the robot techs install every once in a while when those are updated. Everything's done pretty automatic, like the computer system automatically updates its software system. Um, the hardware system, I mean, the robots come with, so the milking robots, for every two milking robots, you need a vacuum pump to run with those. Um, everything is just kind of purchased in a bundle system, but you can pick and choose 
how many robots, what types you want. Cool. So I have a follow up question is. Does Laylee, do they provide, I guess, some sort of application that you can download from your phone so you could see the data from your phone, I guess, on the go? Yes, they do have a an app for your all of your cow data. And then there are also individual apps to drive the robots. Um, there's so if the robot gets lost or you need to move it manually, you can download an app and it's like a, mo a remote control that you just can move the robot to the position you want. But then the cow data app, you can pull up a certain cow at a health treatment. Maybe I'm out in the barn and she's sick. So I want to pull it up, see what the computer tells me she's sick with. Um, our preg checking is done out in the barn, so I can just go along the fence with the cow um, with my app. And as the vet preg checks the cows, I can add if she was pregnant or if she's still open. Um, so, yeah, the, the robots also call you with alarms on your phone. So let's say that something breaks, um, a rope breaks on a robot and it goes down in, uh, in the middle of the night or so. It will call you and tell you what the alarm is. And if you need to come and fix it or if it can wait till the morning. So it keeps you up to date on what's going on while you're not at the barn as well. Just imagine a robot calling you in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello? Okay. Yeah. No, that accessibility awesome. is really impressive. Would you be able to maybe compare what what it would be like to run a dairy without the robotic technology versus with and what kind of specific tasks that um, kind of shaves down your time commitment to so you can focus on other things? Yes. So well, back home with my dad's conventional parlor, we would spend up to like eight hours a day in the milk barn. You you got there at 4.30 in the morning, you milked for four hours all uh, in the morning, and then you got there around four or five o'clock at night to start your night chores and you spend another four hours in the barn. So that was eight hours. That's a full day basically for just committed to milking. So a lot of dairy producers, including my current boss, he wanted robots so he could better his cow herd, better his cow health. So he can come in and do his morning chores, whatever best fits him. If he's an hour late, uh, that's fine. The robots are still milking. Um, he doesn't have to dedicate himself eight hours at the barn. So he says that he even thinks he has doing more than what he did when he was in a conventional system, not necessarily like more hours, just more projects throughout the day. He can get a barn cleaned and bedded, or he can uh, vaccinate, do a better vaccination program that he has more time to vaccinate his young stock, um, just better more flexible hours, I guess, too. And then he has younger kids. So if you want to get to a basketball game, you're not stuck in the milk barn those four hours. You can do your chores earlier, come later after the basketball game. So it's very flexible and you have more time to dedicate to your family or your operation in a different way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So how computer savvy do you have to be to work with an automated system? Do you think that the regular person could do this? Yes, I think you just have to be willing to learn. Like if you're scared of computers and you're like, oh, I'll never learn it. But if you 
don't have any background on like even the simple things on computers, Word or Excel or anything, those systems, I mean, it's just learning where to go. I mean, you can export data to an Excel if you want to learn something that way, but um, it's really easy. Everything's wrote, wrote out. Um, then the advisors from Lele will also help you get started and learn it, but it's just a matter of sitting down and playing through the system. I always tell producers, especially our older uh, aged producers, that it's just like getting a new phone. You just got to learn where everything is on your phone and then you'll have it down. So it's um, really simple and really easy. You can add in, add cows in, take cows out. It's really, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I do have one kind of follow-up question to that. So that was kind of discussing how the humans have to learn how to use the system. What is it like training your cows to use the system or like, what does that process look like? Yes, that is a great question. So when a cow calves in for the first, or the first time as a heifer or as a returning cow, the robot erases all memory from her or has no memory from her when she was a heifer. So when she comes into the robot for the first time, the robot has to learn her uh, utter coordinate position Plus she has to learn what this robot is doing. So the milking robots have an arm with all of the cup attachments that swing in under the heifer or the cow. So that could be quite frightening for a young fresh heifer. So just getting her calm, like you when you want your hired hands to be very calm and gentle with the animals always, but especially in a robot setting, we even usually try to keep the lights off just so they don't see any shadows or anything just to keep them calm. And then the robot, uses lasers to find the teat coordinates and you push a few buttons on the robot to help it get in a start position but then the robot goes from there and attaches each quarter and but it is crazy that within three days i would say a new heifer knows what that robot is not going to hurt her it's actually relieving her getting the milk pressure off her bag Plus, we actually entice the cows to come to the robot with a pellet. So robot milking is all based on nutrition wise. So we lack about 20% of their daily energy intake at the bunk line. And we supplement it in a, pro in a pellet, in a protein form. And we feed them in the robot, that pellet. So they come, they get a sweet treat, plus they are also getting milked and relieved pressure. So it takes about three days on a young heifer, usually just to calm down and learn that she's getting something good to eat. And the robots after day one, that robot will remember her and hook up to her. It is crazy how fast the robots learn them. But when a cow returns, that cow knows what these robots are doing, that my sweet treat is in there. So that cow will just go walk right in there and she will return six hours later, ready for another milking. So it is really fun to see how the cows learn and remember things. Awesome. They sound so smart. <laughs> so Jesse, does this look pretty, do the robotics, excuse me, do they look pretty different in a dairy versus feedlot setting? Um, yes. Well, the feeding robot would be pretty similar in both, but I guess the kitchen area where the feed stuff is stored would be a little different, but the feed lanes uh, would have the same, the same look to them. So in a robot feeding setting, we don't really feed to a bunk that uh, you can have a little bit of a dip, but you want to 
flat surface for the robot to feed into. It's not going to dump into a bunk. The bunk lines are flat usually, or maybe just a two inch difference. Um, and dairy cattle, they're usually feed into headlocks. Beef cattle, it's usually all open. Um, and then, so in Nebraska, we have a feed uh, a feedlot, robotic feedlot down by Columbus, and they have a few more augered products than our dairy robot feeding by Osman. They have uh, more all bay products with that grabber system I was talking about. Whereas our feedlot has about three or like half their supplements are augered in just because of the density of the product. Um, otherwise the initial setup is usually and delivery, the feed delivery is the same. So the MFR runs off of um, metal detection, tire rotation, and um, ultrasounding off of metal also. So it it can drive many different ways. So you can have the same setup on the beef side and the dairy side with metal strips placed in the ground or a gate that it follows. So that's about all the same, but um, the barn designs are obviously way different with um, dairy cattle. You wanna place your robots and your milking robots in a convenient spot Whereas the beef setting, it's just usually a straight line fence that they can feed on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have an example of a time something went really wrong that you'd be willing to share with us and maybe how you overcame that or what it took to move past that? Uh, yes. So at one of the, one day there was a robot that like it wouldn't go into its cleaning cups. So after it milks every cow, it goes over and it uh, moves up into a cleaning cup, flushes all the milk lines out. And one day it was not going in, it was still milking cows fine, but it just wouldn't do its flush correct. Like I would recalibrate it. And then after it milked that cow, it would be off three inches the other way. And I would recalibrate it again and it would be off three inches the other way. And I was like, what in the heck's going on? So I was running back and forth between one robot room and the other, trying to see what was different. Like, how can I troubleshoot this? What's different in this one that's different in this one? And I think I spent like an hour running back and forth, recalibrating. And I finally got mad and I just sat there and I was like shaking the robot arm, like, what are you doing? And the whole thing swung. And I was like, well, that's not supposed to happen. So I found a loose bolt at the top that came all the way screwed out and it was just swinging the arm around. So it had no stability to go back to the cups and wash properly. So, I mean, it was an easy fix and it was still milking cows, but it was just, things can get frustrating. And like me, just like, obviously I wasn't shaking it to break it, but I was just like leaning on it and like, what's going on? And I found my problem. Yeah. That robot was being very defiant. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how this technology can revolutionize some things, but things still break and things can still go wrong. That'll never change. Yeah. And you like, so it's very hands off, you know, the, but you still have to have a hired hand there or you still need to maintenance them. But it's, you don't have to do as much work as you did in a conventional parlor. So, absolutely. For sure. So, Jesse, why would a producer want to add a complication to their system or incorporate these kind of technologies? Uh, yeah, so I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier or I, with the time with your family. 
um, spending more time with your family or better your herd, but also just um, efficiency. So in agriculture, we need to find ways to produce, have higher yields on less ground or produce more milk uh, with less cows or have higher gains um, on cattle in less days, all of that. So we, Lely is big on rumen health, animal health. Um, so on the milking side, robots are a way to change a two a day milking herd to a three a day milking herd very easily. So these cows are all set to come to the robot based on how much milk they give and how many days milking they are. So a fresher heifer can come up to six times a day and an older cow ready for dry off will come one and a half, maybe two times a day. So we can, with robotic milking, we can specialize those cows to come and get milked when they need to be milked. It's Laylee's way of milking the right cow at the right time. These cows can come when they need to be milked. When at a parlor, we put milk them twice a day. Maybe they didn't need to be milked or maybe they could have milked sooner and produced more milk. So it's just a better way of getting more milk out of your cows in an efficient, healthy way. On the feeding side, especially in the feedlot, these uh, Laylee's motto on the feeding side is feeding for the need. So those cows are fed when their bunk is low enough. So I can set an inch height on the bunk, let's say at a feedlot setting, I'm gonna set three inches of feed. So there's a laser on the, on the MFR mixing feeding robot that drives around. And once that feed is below three inches, it'll go back to the charger and mix up another batch, but it's only mixing up 1800 pounds. So we have constantly have feed in the bunk and we do small amounts so it stays fresher longer. So we have a better rumen health. We keep the pH in the rumen very stable. They're not slug eating and then they'll go slick bunk and then they'll eat a bunch and go lay down. They're just constantly eating a little meals a day keeping their rumen very healthy, which will in reality make them produce better when they have, when they're healthier, they're just content, they're doing really well. I know our beef producer was saying that when they walk pens in the morning for sick, looking at for sick uh, steers, that the steers come up and are like licking on them and like sniffing them as they walk around the pen. And they never thought they would see that in a feedlot setting even in a confinement setting, but the cattle are just content and they're happy, they're healthy, they're growing, so. That's great, I feel like that's all that matters. Yeah, Jesse, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to what the like general producer perception is of robotics in a dairy setting or in a feedlot setting. Um, there's a lot of people that are kind of set in their ways, especially um, folks that are established in the industry and have been doing it for a long time. And so uh, what is their reaction to robotics? Um, I think robots have been around. I know milking robots have been around since like, I think 1998, I think is when they first started. So um, they're slowly coming to Nebraska more and more. So I think a lot of our older producers in Nebraska are understanding their um, their qualities, what they can bring to production ag and how it's making healthier livestock, more efficient livestock. But 
there are some that are like, well, yes, they are expensive, but they're like, well, I would never pay for that. Like it breaks down sometimes. And well, so does your tractors and your other equipment as well. But I think there's, you have to have the right farmer to want robots. Um, there's still some guys think like, oh, it's robots. I'm going to walk away and never use it or never break down, never need to be on the farm. Well, no, you're still there maintenancing them or you're still there just bettering your herd on a herd health level instead of the robot maintenance. Um, so there's the old guys that are like, well, I like doing stuff the old way. I'm not going to change. They're not going to be the ones to buy robots, but I talking to them and explaining that to them what robots are doing for ag industry, they agree with it and they like it, but they just don't want to be the ones to do it. So it's kind of interesting to talk to many different producers on way different age levels. Um, but there are a few older uh, producers out there that were looking into it or interested in it. Um, just haven't really go went ahead and bought any yet. So Jesse, where do you see robotic tech fitting into ag production moving into the future? Um, I'm thinking robots are just going to eventually do everything, but I've seen so many them, them do so many tasks already. I, I can't even have a guess of what the next robot is going to do. Cause I mean, we have feeding robots, we have milking robots feeding on both dairy and beef side. Then we have, we started out with just a feed pusher, which would just go around and push the feed closer to the cattle and the headlocks. We have manure management robots where they go around and push manure through slats, or there's even one that's like a Roomba setting where it sucks up the manure with a vacuum and dumps it into a pit. Um, there's calf feeder robots where their milk is mixed. It's focused at the right temperature, feeds the calf. It, um, I mean, we have uh, auto steer on our tractors. And so I'm just trying to figure out what's the next thing that we're going to need robots for. It's, I don't know if we'll have something to treat cows with. I don't even know anymore. What, what's the next thing that's going to come around? Maybe more, maybe they'll add more automation to packing houses or processing. That would make sense. Yeah. Maybe like a herd health check robot. I don't know, to take temperatures or something like that yeah. I feel like they'll, they'll come up with something technology yeah. is growing every day <laughs> I do want to ask you directly Jesse we've mentioned it some already but um, your involvement with the feedlot at Columbus you said um, if you could just talk about that a little bit more yes so with my um, part-time position at automated dairy specialist in Clearwater I am the advisor uh we call it the farmer management support. So I look at data and help the farmers be better, um, find ways to become better on their herd and their operations. So down with in Columbus at the peeper feedlot down there, I worked um, since ever since the sale was made with the, the farmer Adam for uh, buying uh, the the vector system. I was hands-on with him, discussing with him like how he wants to design the barn, naming pens, how many cattle are gonna be in a pen, uh, been in contact with his nutritionist, uh, learning his rations, teaching him how to set up a ration. Um, then when installations started, uh, my robot techs, my 
coworkers were down there installing the robot. I was down there with a little bit with them talking about how we want to design the kitchen, how we want to place the blocks for basically time management that way. Like if we place, if we number them front to back, we can save this much time because that grabber is going to go to the front first instead of the back. Um, then once the cattle were in there, I spent a whole day or and a half down there with um, Adam and his family and our robot techs, making sure that everything was mixing, the mixing quality, everything was working first off, but then the quality, I did um, shaker box tests just to see if the quality was right within uh, the ration that was delivered. Um, we worked on entering all the cattle, learning how to keep, they could keep health track treatments on the feedlot side as well. Um, and just teaching them the daily maintenance on those robots. Um, that was during startup. Now they actually started up last fall around in October. So like a month or two in, now I go down there about once a month and look at shaker, uh, shaker box results, still trying to see, make sure that uh, rations still being very mixed consistently. Then I also look at their data analysis on their computer, which is really cool that I can do it remotely from my house and I can jump on their computer, look at all their information, look at their accuracy, look at the feeding. If there's any alarms that are happening, maybe I can help them minimize those alarms if we change certain settings or do recalibrations. Um, then I also just kind of check in with them every once in a while to see if they have any questions or any improvements that maybe I can take to Lely North America and suggest that in the next software update or in the next um, engineering design, just kind of what the farmer wants. So the vector's only been out for 10 years. There's a lot of them in North America, but they're still every day we're looking at ways to improve it. They've, this is the peeper feedlot has the second model of the mixing feeding robot since Lely started. And there are five models of the milking robots. They're constantly looking at ways to better their equipment. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so you're involved at the feedlot, but dairy is definitely your, your passion or that's where your, your main workload is. Yep. I've learned a lot about uh, feedlot cattle over the last few months. Um, obviously I learned what I did in school, but just talking with a farmer and Adam's daughter, Megan runs the barn with him and she's my age. So it's really fun to work with somebody in your age that is so passionate and dedicated to production ag. I mean, it's, yes, it's a beef setting and mine is a dairy, but I mean, they're still cattle. So we still feed them and care for them the same way. But so it's really interesting to be able to work with somebody the same age as me. So Jesse, I just have one last question for you. I'm really curious. So you've been doing this your whole life. So I feel like I would say you are basically an expert in cattle. So could you see yourself owning your own dairy farm or I guess, um, yeah. So could you see yourself owning your own dairy farm? Yes, I would love to own my own dairy farm. Um, I, Obviously, the, mo the more I learn about robots, I would love to own a robotic dairy farm too. Um, within Nebraska, that's a little limited right now with produce with uh, processors, but I think there's obviously opportunity to grow. So in the, in the dairy industry and in production ag. For sure, I think you can do it. <laughs>
Thank you very much to Jesse Sayers for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Bits podcast. One of my favorite parts of this episode and what Jessie is doing in her role as a farm management supervisor is how she provides knowledge and advice to dairy farmers and producers. It's really exciting to see how Jessie is carrying her passion for the dairy industry into the future with the use of robotic technologies. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the reviews section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.